Hello everyone, welcome once again to our devotional. <clears throat> this week we're discussing how do I know God's will? How do I know God's will? This is a subject that a lot of believers are concerned about. And so in the next for the next five days, we're going to be discussing how to understand what God's will is. You know, uh, and so our first day's focus is what is God's will for my life? You know, most of the time we want specific information like what is God's will for me, me, me. And so we're going to discuss that this morning and we're going to look at what God's will is for our lives. Let me read what the devotional says and share thoughts as we go. The subject of God's will is quite popular among Jesus' followers and among Christians. <clears throat> There's one pressing question that many of us have. What is God's will for my life? Because this can be a confusing thing for many. We often put our lives on hold until we hear from God. The truth is, we have heard from God about this very topic. To understand God's will, we must go to the Bible for guidance. There are godly people around us who have insight and advice that can be valuable. But it's vital that we seek God's truth, about, uh, uh, that we seek God's truth above all. No amount of human reasoning or impute can replace what we find in the Bible. God's will is specific and it's not. It's specific in that we can read what God has in store for us, but it's not specific in that maybe we're asking the wrong question. So instead of asking, what is God's will for my life? Maybe we should be asking a more simple, profound question, which is, what is God's will? So this doesn't mean that God doesn't have good plans for you specifically. He does. Nor does he mean that he isn't personally concerned with you. He is. It doesn't mean he hasn't gifted you to do specific things on earth. He has. It's just that God's will and plan on this earth are to accomplish his purpose, not ours. So God is the heavenly director orchestrating his plan on earth and we get to play our part in it. Let me finish reading this before I share my own thoughts. So some things are easy to decipher, while others require faith and patience. Author and pastor John Piper describes two wills of God, his will of decree and his will of command. God's will of decree can't be undone. It will happen. It's often considered to be unknown or a mystery. God's will of command is what God commands us to do. We can disobey this if we choose. These are things from the Bible that we know we are to do. In this plan, we will simplify these wills and refer to them as unknown and known. Over the next few days, this plan will discuss the different aspects of God's will. So journey along with us to grasp new insight into a, into a discussion that has been on the hearts and minds of many followers of Christ for centuries. Okay, So let me go back to... You know, the part where uh, I was saying, so uh, saying that God's will is specific doesn't, and at the same time that it is not, it doesn't mean that God does not have a specific focus for you. So let me share, let me share these thoughts in this way. How do you identify what you will call God's specific will for your life? You know, and in this devotional, this devotional points us to something I would explain is extremely correct. The, the, the devotional says that the first thing to ask, which will be a better thing to ask, that will help you now answer what God's will is for your life, is to ask, what is God's will? Now, God's will, one of them, is that we will serve him, right? God's will is that on earth it will be as it is in heaven. 
God's will is that the kingdom of Christ should be established on earth. And that kingdom will be established by men. And those men are people who have been redeemed, people whose hearts and minds have been successfully converted and nurtured and adapted to the nature of him, Christ, right? Now, for us to be able to fulfill <clears throat> to fulfill God's will for our life, to fulfilling God's will for our life is fulfilling God's will. So if God wants for his perspective, his intentions to be fulfilled on earth as it is in heaven, then we need to look at two aspects of life which God created. One, Jesus died for us as individuals and then he died for the land. That's he died for the nation. That crown of thorns that was put on his head, it was put on his head to redeem the land, you know, to redeem the environment. And what that means is that God has called us in two areas to steward ourselves and to steward the environment. So to steward ourselves and other human beings, because God died for people, which includes us. And then God died for the land. Now for every land to grow and expand, God has broken it through wisdom of men into different areas of endeavor. You know, there are several mountains of society. Today we say there are seven, but I believe it has expanded over time beyond seven mountains of society. You know, <clears throat> so in fulfilling the will of God, we need to be able to fulfill our priestly and our kingly ministry. And for you to know where you fall in, you need to check what God has put in your hands. Let me take us back to the Old Testament. Now, God calls Moses. He appears to Moses before a burning bush. And Moses comes before the Lord. And God says to him, you know, I want you to go to Egypt and bring Egypt, Israel out of Egypt. And Moses is saying, how am I supposed to do it? A stammering guy. Uh maybe with limited skill. I don't even know what it is I have that I can start with. I don't even know where I'm supposed to, you know, begin to fulfill this intention. Mind you, first things first, God has already um, prepared. God has, the, the first thing first is that God is the one who owns that assignment. So that assignment specifically is that Israel was dying in Egypt. And God needed Egypt, Israel, out of Egypt. Egypt is a type and a shadow of a world of darkness today. Israel is a type and shadow of God's people who can be retrieved from the hands of darkness, right? Now, God says to Moses, I need you to go to Egypt and bring Israel out of Egypt. Moses is looking at himself and saying, how, what skill, what capacity, in what dimension, from what perspective, and God says to Moses, he says, what is that thing you're holding in your hand? And Moses says, it's a rod. You know, it's easy to say, what has a rod got to do with the assignment? But the rod is a type and a shadow. A rod is a tool of activity, is a tool of authority, is a tool of action, is a tool to, is a, is a tool we wield to achieve something. So even though it was a physical rod, God was symbolizing a physical rod to a spiritual rod. So basically, God was saying to him, what is the empowerment? What is that tool that I have put in your hand? And Moses says, it's a rod. 
The first thing God said to him is, drop the rod on the floor. He drops it, the rod turns to a serpent. Moses is like, who? So a rod can become a serpent? By the power of God, it can. Now God says to him, yes. Now with this rod that can convert to a serpent, I will deal with the gods of Egypt. He says, pick it by the tail. He picks it by the tail. And the thing turns to a rod, right? With that rod, when Moses got to Egypt, when the magicians of Pharaoh threw down their rods and their rod was acting up, with that say, okay, Moses was the first who put his rod. And then Pharaoh calls his magicians to throw their rods. And they throw their rods. That big rod swallows all those rods. or so that rod that, that God has anointed. So what God has done is to anoint the man and to anoint the tool, the rod. And that rod has spiritual capacity and it swallows up those other uh, serpents. So basically it swallowed up because those serpents are not just serpents. They are their rods of authority. So that rod swallowed up their own tools with which they are supposed to wield any powers. Now, when it was time to turn the seas in Egypt to blood, God asked him to raise that rod. He pulls the rod on the sea. The sea turns to blood. God wants to cast anything over the, he wants bees to, he says, raise your, he raises the rod over the air. The bees begin to, you know, take over the place. God wants to, whatever God was doing, he always asked Moses to apply that rod and God uses that rod. God wants to split the Red Sea. God says to Moses, what is in your hand? You are murmuring and you are complaining. What is in your hand? How long am I going to teach you the principle of the rod? And then Moses takes up that rod. He says, stretch it over the sea. And he stretches it over the sea and the angels part the sea. What's the point I'm trying to make? If you're looking for what you will call God's specific will for your life, look at the encounter empowerment look at the skills look at the abilities that god has given to you if you are in the fashion world you need you don't need to become a doctor to fulfill god's will if you're a doctor you don't need to become a lawyer if you're a lawyer you don't need to become a musician if you're an entertainer you don't need to become anything else you know you don't need to be on pulpit ministry to fulfill God's intention for your life. Pulpit ministry is the fivefold is, is a part of the fivefold ministry. That ministry is there to prepare people for the field. Jesus said that the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He says, ask ye the Lord of the harvest to trust laborers into the harvest. The church is the place where you fine tune and you drill and you prepare the laborers. And then you trust them into the field. The field is the world. Jesus says you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. Jesus says we are the salt of the earth and we're meant to sweeten everything that we come in contact with. And so God takes a Daniel and through captivity throws him in Babylon. You see, even though that was captivity, God wanted somebody who he had wired to go and serve in Babylon. Just the way people travel to diaspora today to function in different industries. And the Bible says that, and this Daniel had an excellent spirit. And that excellent spirit, you know, separated him from the pack. It was a combination of humanity and divinity. With regards to humanity, he was highly skilled. The Bible says that Daniel was skilled in all manner of wisdom. He knew multiple languages. He was extremely administratively excellent. 
And then he had the spirit of God upon him that functioned with him in everything he did. So he had the gifts of the spirit to be able to, to, to dream dreams, to interpret dreams, to, to administer wisdom through whatever God says to him to help the nation. He was so skilled that the Bible says that these other men, all the other governors of Egypt and the presidents, the Bible says that, you know, uh, uh, the king at the time split the province into 27 and then did um, anointed or appointed three presidents of which Daniel was the most senior amongst them to manage those 27 provinces, right? And so in that entire realm, Daniel was the most senior person apart from the king who was managing these multiple regions, which means they were managing multiple, it's like a United States of America, so multiple states forming into one continent, he was the most senior person in that entire realm, aside the king. Now, the other governors and the presidents, they all looked into his matter. They were looking for ways to find fault in him. The Bible says that they could not find any fault in him. In his work, they could not find fault. In anything he was doing, they could not find what to use in pinching or holding him down, you know, pegging against him. Why? They said he functioned excellently. An excellent spirit was found in him. There was no error found in his work. They could not hold anything against him. They said, except in one matter, except in the matter that had to do with his God. So when they couldn't find anything physical, they couldn't find anything administrative, they couldn't find anything financial and all that, they now pinned him against the God he worships, which is where he gets strength from. What's the point I'm making here? If you look at the same thing, you see the same manifestation in, in, jo in, in Joseph. Okay, you see the same manifestation in Abraham. You see the same manifestation in, 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 in Isaac. You see the same manifestation in Jacob. You see it in Moses. You know, you see it in David. And, and these guys are guys that have studied their lives and their experiences with God over the years. And every one of them, if you look at the scripture carefully, you notice that all of them did not function in the same area of society. Now, some of them functioned strictly as kings. Some of them functioned strictly as priests. Some of them functioned as a combination of priests and kings, which is where Jesus has pushed us to today. So Christ is not looking for you to go and look for maybe a special assignment to do. Every assignment that God has given you is your rod, is the tool with which God expects you to use in achieving his intention. Let me quickly read this to you. Uh, I pray the Holy Spirit makes this clear. I pray the Holy Spirit helps you understand that you don't need to look for any other thing that is a specific. From the way you were born, the experiences you had, the education you've had, everything that has wired up your life is a summation of the rod that God has put in your hand. So that you stop looking for specifics with regards to direction. Everything in your hand is a summation of where God wants you to function. So if God has sent you to any area of the marketplace and that's where you're functioning, check, except if you have no interest whatsoever in what you are doing, then look at the things you have interest in and begin to navigate your energy there. Now, when you navigate your energy, how do you please God with that thing? The way you please God with that thing is that you develop character. There are two parts of you that God needs to be able to achieve his will now the one part of it is you allowing the holy spirit within you to clean you up so that you adapt effectively to the nature of christ because adapting to the nature of christ effectively is what will make you reflect the character of god in that assignment in that industry in that place where you are
If the nature of God is not fully reflected and manifested in you, you're going to be a total disgrace. You, you would go there and you will mess up. You do things that would not even allow the, the, the opportunity for the dissemination of the word of God. Because when people look at you and look at your character, there is no relationship between who you claim you are and the God you say you serve. You know, it becomes a, it becomes a dichotomy. It becomes a confusion that you, that cannot be joined together. So there is no way you have removed the platform with which you're supposed to preach. Hmm? Now, look at uh, the second part of it is your skill. You must develop excellence. You must develop capacity in the industry you're in so that you're not an embarrassment to God either. So you don't carry only the name of Jesus Christ. Or some people may even be good. They've even adapted the nature of Christ to some extent, but they don't have capacity. There's no skill. So when you do your work, there's no excellence with it. There is nothing unique about it. There is nothing separating. There is nothing that distinguishes you. So people look at you and they don't see any they are not attracted to what you you have generated or what you have achieved so there is not enough basis for you to be able to you know uh, share god's word uh i wanted to read something to you uh in the book of psalm chapter 2 but let me go quickly to let me go quickly to the scripture we read a few a few weeks ago i think it was shared in camp meeting uh that's ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 1 it says the word of the preacher the son of david king in jerusalem so by general conversation we all say that solomon is a king the son of david right the son of david the king of of jerusalem but solomon was introducing himself he said the words of the preacher so first he's in he introduced himself as the preacher which is his direction in purpose he had noticed that god had given him a capacity to speak he had the spirit of wisdom and he speaks in a certain way and those words carry a lot of weight and so he 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 and he knows is the spirit of god that, that thing that god put in him at the day when he was and when he gave that sacrifice of one thousand uh, um cows or something and all the amazing sacrifices that came with it and god came in the night and said to him that today i put in you the spirit of wisdom you know when when he asked solomon what do you want said i need the wisdom to lead these people and god anointed him and gave him and he said that there will be no human being that has ever existed on earth and will that will be as wise as him so he knew that he had a fire in his mouth and that fire can be used to communicate truth and so he focused on it and used it to preach so he say he introduces himself he says the word of the preacher so he introduces himself first as a preacher purpose the son of david you know his roots the king of israel we are king of jerusalem sorry which is his platform so the point i'm making is that that's your area of industry is likened to the king of jerusalem you it's your platform but first of all you are the preacher you are the christian the son of god you are the preacher the son of god king in jerusalem so the it guy the 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 uh the lawyer the doctor the the fashion designer the whatever so in every area that you have found yourself that's your king in israel that's your you know position is the platform with which you can do god's will according to you for your life to do the preaching to do the preaching if you are the son of whoever that's the influence all that is 
all those things that support systems that galvanize you to becoming who you are. So check. God intentionally brought Solomon through the lineage of David, okay, so that he's the son of David and he has pedigree. He is the king in Jerusalem. God gave him a platform. So if he was not born through David, he cannot be king in Egypt. So check where you're coming from. Check your experiences. Check the things that God has trained you to be able to do. Check the refinements. Check everything that God has built into you, your education and all. You are already living in God's will for your life. You don't need to go and import another will for your life. You're already living in God's will for your life. What you need to understand how to do is to channel that whole reality into pleasing God. You can you can be a fashion designer and intentionally grow capacity in it and become the best you will be. Why? So that you become an example of godliness. You're an example of success. What that means is that you can create opportunities for women who don't have anybody to train them, who don't have anybody to give them that same opportunity and begin to train them either for highly subsidized prices or to start training them for free. What that does is that you're already creating opportunity for other people to gain strength and gain capacity and become what God wants them to be. So there is a percentage of people that are also called into that industry. You're already creating succession. You're already doing God's will. What that does is that one day, by your experience, you can start talking to, you can start doing talk shows, you can start doing seminars, you know, for women in those industries, teaching women generally how to make money. That's God's will. You can use that same platform to call prayer meetings for women in that industry. You can use those platforms to share the word of God for women in that industry. You can use those platforms to do charity work for women in that industry. You can use it to share the word of God and show them how Christ has influenced your life and giving you the character that has empowered you to have compassion towards other women, to want other women to get empowered, you know, to create succession, to create growth so that the industry will grow. So that the capacities will be transferred so that other people can do the same things that you can do and the industry will expand because the population of people in your country and all over the world that can benefit from those skills are so many. Only you cannot cover any dimension, you know, more than the dimensions that you can cover. The market is so broad. Now, so if you do not have the nature of God on the inside of you, it can be functioning from a very myopic perspective. You just want only you to know the skill and do whatever and you think only you can be famous. You're wasting your time. God will always raise other people who will see through the lenses that he sees through and be able to do the succession training and be able to develop other people to be able to do the same thing. So the long and short of it is the will of God for your life is already wired into who you are. It's already wired into your experiences. It's already wired into your trainings. The, what you need to do is to start using the word of God, to start cleaning off all the debris around you, shaping yourself so that your character, your personality will be more like the person God wants you to be so that you're able to now channel that godliness towards your work. Channel that spirit of excellence towards your work. If you see in Isaiah chapter 11, this is a scripture I think I have read to us many times. It says, I shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow from his root. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. There shall come forth what? A rod. Jesus Christ is an instrument of war. 
And Jesus, God used, Jesus was God's tool. Jesus was the rod God held in his hand to use to deal with the spirit of darkness and deal with the spirit of Satan in the world and retrieve mankind, you know, from the hands of the powers of darkness and give man redemption. So it says there shall come forth a rod. Okay. So Jesus was the rod. Now you are God's workmanship and God has put a rod in your hand. Your rod is your industry. Your rod is your skill. Your rod is your physical capacity. Now the engine that will power it is the nature of Christ on the inside. You said the branch shall grow forth. The spirit of God will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, the spirit of knowledge, the fear of the Lord, you know, and of the fear of the Lord. So listen, it combines internal, uh, 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 it combines internal capacity with external capacity. It did not remove the spirit of wisdom. It did not remove the spirit of understanding and counsel. It did not remove the spirit of knowledge. And it added the fear of the Lord. So you see that skill and the nature of God is what you need to now channel it towards what God has asked you to do, to, to what God has already empowered you to do, to that industry you're in, to that thing you're doing. Use it, grow yourself, grow capacity, and then start to disseminate that capacity both in your character and in your ability to other people. Listen, sister, you are already living in the will of God. That's what God wants you to be. Every one of us, we are living instruments in God's hand. We are resources. We are like, you know, we are like sharp threshing instruments that God has created with it. God has shared us across different industries to use us as light, to use us as salt, to use us as engines with which we can give other people life, hope, you know, change. God wants them to be. Finally, finally, I would say this, hear this. I repeat this because, the, you know, sometimes we think that we need to be one specific. No, the Bible says that the body is, you know, is built by that which every joint supplies. So you are a part of the joint. I am a part of the joint. Different women and different people are parts of the joint. We are all part of this ecosystem called the earth space. Every one of us is contributing to life by the different skills and the different capacities we have. And so those different capacities, we put it together and we use it to achieve God's intention. God bless you as you've listened to the word this morning. I pray you go through a devotional and gather more knowledge, you know, from it. Um, I think I have taken a bit more time than I wanted to, but forgive me, please. And God bless you as you listen to this word. I put in my thoughts to help you understand better. And I pray that it's a great answer to what you're looking for. God bless you. Have a great day. Talk to you again tomorrow.